One, two, there we go. Okay, we're going to read from Luke chapter 1. Boy, this is like a long time ago we did this. Luke, Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. the announcement of Jesus' birth to Mary. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, and may it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Lord God, revealed in Jesus, present with us because of him. We pray that we too this morning would be encouraged by your word and that you would speak life and hope and truth into our spirits this morning. That we're not celebrating an old festival with no substance and no application for today, but we are celebrating the birth of one who has made life totally different because of him. So we want to bring you joy by our response to your birth and your life and your death and your resurrection. So we ask you, Father, to speak to us loud enough that each of us can hear. In Jesus' name, Amen. So it's really simple and easy at, at Christmas time to talk about gifts and talk about um, all we're going to receive. But really, Christmas is about the faithfulness of God. I'm just trying to get this thing out of my way so I can be cool. Um, really, really, Christmas is about, I mean, you know Christmas, the real meaning of Christmas is all about the impossible God and sex. Do you know that, Karen? Yeah, well, I'll keep you awake anyway. That's what it's about. That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. You think I'm joking? God's faithfulness. Christmas. God so loved the world, he sent his son. An angel appeared to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby boy. And away in a manger, a baby was born. 
Christmas is all about a God who is totally impossible to figure out. A God who is amazingly creative, is amazingly personal, is, is incredibly unexpected. And he was and will be and always shall be unexpected. And Christmas is about the wonder of a God who can take human beings and use them in a great plan even though the human beings screw up all along the way. That's my hope. That despite me, God can. And that's his encouragement to you as well. Get over yourself. Get over your hang-ups and how sinful you are or how incomplete you are or how imperfect you are. Get over it. Because God came because of that. So let's. Uh, the good news that came to Mary and actually came to Zechariah, and I want to go back to Zechariah who was just before her, was full of challenges as well. Now, before Mary got the news from the angel Gabriel, five months before that, the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah. Zechariah and Elizabeth were an older couple, probably in the late 70s, 80s. They lived in the villages, the towns outside Jerusalem. Zechariah had been a priest. He was part of the priestly tribe. And he was a priest and he served in the synagogue. And uh, once, maybe in a lifetime, they would, they would get to, to go up to the temple and perform duties in the temple as a priest. It was the highlight, probably, of their life. And Zechariah was uh, selected by Lot, which was, you know, the kind of spiritual bingo, um, to, to go into the Holy of Holies, which was the holiest place on earth for the Jew, and to burn incense there, which he could do once a year. And Zechariah went into the Holy of Holies, and they were so afraid of going in there because of God's presence that they, they actually had a, a rope tied to their, their leg. So if they collapsed, the others could pull them out because they didn't want to go and get struck themselves. It was a big deal. And so Zechariah, uh, you know, he's all prepared and he goes into the, the Holy of Holies and verse 11 of Luke says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will, be, uh, will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. And Zechariah went out of there and he was silent. He could not speak for until John was born. Now it's really important to, to hold these two. I want to talk about Zechariah and Mary. 
But that one phrase, there was a phrase that the angel spoke to Zechariah about what John would do, and he said he will go on before the Lord in the spirit. Uh, many of the... He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And that's a very important phrase because it's one of the last words in the Old Testament. At the end of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, 400 years ago, before the angel appeared to Zechariah. The second, the last um, verse in the Old Testament says, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Zechariah would know that this was something very, very significant. And Elijah was the one who was going to prepare the way. A prophet Elijah was the one to prepare the way for the Messiah. So Zechariah was being told that you will give birth to a son whose name will be John and he will be the one who will turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and he will prepare the way for the Messiah who is to come. It's interesting. Zechariah is in the temple and he's in the Holy of Holies and the angel appears. And the angel says, Zechariah, your prayer has been answered. He's 80 years old. When do you think the last time was that Zechariah and Elizabeth prayed for children? Thirty years ago? Fifty years ago? Sixty years ago? Your prayers have been answered. And Zechariah goes, but they haven't invented a Viagra. What do I do? I mean, how does this happen? Elizabeth is old and I'm old and we haven't had sex for five... I'm not going there. Other than, <laughs> other than it's probably quite a trick. And he tells them all about John and what John will be. And Zechariah doesn't hear it. All he hears is, how on earth is this going to happen? My wife is barren and I'm old. And Gabriel says, you will be struck dumb because you didn't believe me. Gabriel said, I, am, I stand in the presence of God and I speak his word. And I think there's an element here where God would say to us, we need to, in the nicest possible way, take him seriously. When he speaks, he means it. When he gives us words of encouragement or prophecy or dreams, he means it. He's not fooling around. When he says he loves you, he means it. When he says he has a purpose for your life and he'll never leave you or abandon you, he means it. And I think we are so mouthy. We're far worse than Zechariah who goes, why, how, when? And sometimes God will arrest us and say, listen, be still. I am the Lord your God. 
Maybe we need to ask him to give us a sense of awe about who he is. Because he's come to bless and to enrich and to inspire. And we spend so much of our time blaming him for things not going as we want them. And he says, why don't you just settle down and begin to listen to me? Because you have no idea what I have for you if you'll only humble yourself. So, Zechariah is giving an angel Gabriel announcing to him that they would have a natural pregnancy at a very old age of a son who would have a remarkable life. And if you read at the end of that, there's a, there's a passage at the end of that. There's this uh, a phrase where where John is born, and and Elizabeth is so thrilled, and sh- and she says, "Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished." But uh, I'm, I'm actually looking for something else. Elizabeth says, um, "He has taken away my shame by the birth of John." The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So you have this old couple who have longed all their lives for children. And what have they done? They've actually carried on serving the Lord. They haven't just said, well, he didn't give me what we wanted, so we're not going to serve him. There's a huge faithfulness in their lives. That despite not getting the cry of their heart, they still say God is good. Because we don't understand the whys sometimes. And I encourage you with that. God's character is one that delights in you. And there are going to be some things that will maybe never be answered. And that's a mystery we have to live with. But the encouragement is, you never know. And the encouragement too is that you might have, and I might have prayers we've prayed long time ago. And the Lord's got them right there. He knows exactly what they are. And maybe 20 years, 30 years down the road, he answers them. And we don't even remember we've prayed them. So don't give up. And then we have Mary. Mary is probably a teenager. She's probably 14, 15, 16, somewhere thereabouts. She's really excited. She's going to get married to Joseph. They're engaged. Family's excited. People are starting to make arrangements. And Gabriel, five months later, after having stirred Zechariah's family up, appears to her. She's on the other side, end of the spectrum. Zechariah's old and his wife's barren. These are two teenagers, raring to go. And the angel appears and says, Greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was troubled and afraid. And you know, 
virtually every time God appeared or spoke to people, he was always saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. You know, afraid is a good response probably when an angel talks to you. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. I don't think Mary knew whether to be thrilled or to be terrified. But the first thing the angel said was, don't be afraid, you've found favor with God. And Carol was talking about this and saying, God is present now. You know, Jesus isn't coming and being born this Christmas. He's been born. He's grown up. He's shown us the character of the Father, the heart of the Father. Jesus has gone to the cross to die on that cross for all the rebellion that causes us to be separate from God. And he's poured out his spirit that gives us the strength and the power to know the living God with us today. Why do I say all that? Because we don't have to read a story about a God who sent an angel to appear to Mary to say, do not be afraid, I'm with you. Because of what Jesus grew up to be and do and accomplish, God actually comes to each one of us right now and says, do not be afraid, I'm here, I am with you. That's his promise. Where we gather in his name, he is present. If we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will he give good gifts to those who ask him? So we can almost stand right alongside Mary and, and he says, you are highly favored. I wonder if you can hear that this Christmas. I wonder if you can hear that word to you this morning because of what Jesus has done. He comes before you this morning and says to you, through these words that I'm speaking right now, you are highly favored. What's that like? Receive it. You are highly favored by the living God. Do not be afraid. There's some of us, maybe many of us, who are afraid of God. We're afraid of what he will do if we give him our lives. Because we've made such a cool scene with our lives. And he says, do not be afraid. Look at Jesus, look what I've done, look what I'm doing. Do not be afraid. God speaks to us today in all kinds of ways through his word, through the written the scriptures, through people, through dreams, through visions, through angels, through all kinds of ways as Karen was telling us through a word that came into her head that she says, I sense that's God. Now you have to test these things, but God is speaking a lot. And we're invited into the conversation. But the one thing he always says, the one thing God always sends He'll always say this to you. He'll say, do not be afraid. And he will also say, you are highly favored, which in our language means, I love you. I really love you. He will always say that. Evil Satan will always say, you're a jerk. Nothing will ever happen. It's easy to tell the difference between the voices in the spirit kingdom.
So Zechariah and Mary are faced with this angel Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and he comes and he brings them news and both of them have to deal with how do they respond. And Zechariah questions and says, I, I, I'm not sure I, I, I know how to do this and he's, he, he's, he's focused on his limitations very understandably. And Mary is also focused on the political incorrectness of what will happen if she's pregnant and she's a virgin. Who's going to believe that? His ways are not our ways. I want to make an aside here. In Ephesians 3.14, Paul makes a reference to something. I, I spoke a bit at, right at the beginning about angels. And at the beginning of that prayer, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. A family on heaven, uh, in heaven and on earth. Again, I, I find in the last five years, this has all begun to become much more real. This understanding of the spirit realm, heaven and earth, the demonic and the angelic. And there's a warning in what we're talking about this morning, and that is that as we align ourselves with the living God, the angels speak. When we rebel against the living God and turn our face from him and we decide we're going to be God, you know what happens, don't you? There are two worlds. We're not given a choice as to where we live. We live in this world of good and evil. When we turn from good, which is God, evil will be energized. In other words, the demonic or the dark realm will energize the decisions we make. And in some way, we inhibit the angelic. There's a mystery here. But we need to be aware that these are in play all the time. And the safest place to be is in the hands of Jesus. And so Mary is hearing that she's highly favored and... Uh, God really loves her, and then this bombshell, but he's just about to throw your life upside down. For those of us who say, well, God would never do that because he knows it would be inconvenient, these passages might help us to understand that's not necessarily the truth. It's a tough revelation. You're going to be the, the mother of a, daughter, uh, of a son. It's going to turn your whole family life in turmoil for a while. And people are going to speak about you in ways you don't want to be spoken about. And who knows what Joseph's going to do. And then this very tender word from the angel that says, but your cousin Elizabeth, she's actually pregnant. And that'll be a sign for you. I think it's very cool. Something not quite fair here because Zechariah, when the angel tells him all about John, he says, how's this going to be? And he gets told he's going to be silent for the pregnancy. Mary says, how can this be? And he tells him. Her. 
what is appropriate for Zechariah isn't necessarily appropriate for Mary. Zechariah is an older man. Maybe he should have known better. Mary has got an even greater mission. And she's given support. She's young. She's given support and said, this will be affirmed in your cousin. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And I just want to encourage us as we, this Christmas, are reminded again of God's love in Jesus. Um, As to where do we live from? Do we live from our limitations and inadequacies? Because we don't understand how this is going to work. Or can we live from a place of receiving God's love and spirit and says, I don't understand, but I trust that you will lead me into the next thing. If God is able to do what is impossible, why do we struggle so much with impossible things? That's why we learn together how to step out into the the mystery. So, as we close, Mary's response to the revelation that she's going to be the mother of Jesus, and she doesn't understand at all. She's not told that Jesus is going to die a violent death. Elizabeth is not told that John is going to die a violent death. Jesus probably lost Joseph, his earthly father, at quite a young age. There's going to be life happening along the way that's going to be challenging. But God's spirit is upon them. And Mary's response, this profound response, says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. As we come into communion this morning, I think there are two things that I hear the Lord speaking about in these passages. The one is to trust him with the unanswered prayers of our lives. To trust his character, to trust his love, and to trust him with the unanswered prayers. You see, we can be so self-centered and so self-absorbed that we think it's all about us in isolation. What would Elizabeth and Zechariah have said as 20-year-olds if God had appeared to them and said, I'm going to get you pregnant when you're 80? And the reason for that is that your child is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. And your child and your pregnancy before Mary's is going to so encourage that young girl who's going to be terrified of what's going on and say, was that true? Have I imagined this? So my answer to your prayer is also about her and him and them. And there's some answers to prayers that you and I pray that the Lord says, I'm saying yes, but not yet, because it's not just about you. 
That's why it's important for us to learn how to trust the character of the living God, not just our own selfish or very limited understanding of our lives. We'll go nuts trying to work that out. We have to learn how to release it and say, Lord, in your time, I am your servant, whatever you want to do. So the one is the coming to God with our unanswered prayers and saying, Lord, I trust you with it. And the other one is where is God taking the initiative for you? Where is he this Christmas, this morning, standing before you and saying, I want to take some initiative in your life. I have things that I want to birth in you that are hugely important, not only for you, but for other people. And I need you to say yes in order for me to do that. You see, with Zechariah and Elizabeth, Zechariah had to go home. They had to have uh, sex together to complete the thing. They had to participate in this thing. For Mary and Joseph, God initiated the whole thing. He works in different ways. And I believe there's some things that he wants to encourage you with to be patient over. And I believe the other thing he's saying is, will you be open to me stirring up your life so that I can actually do some things in you that you haven't imagined? But to do that, I need you to be able to trust me with your life and say, stop trying to hold it all together and control how it works. But if you want real life, you'll say yes. So, that might be a good thing to come before him to pray about. Let's stand and let's pray. So, engage, don't disengage. Well, you can, but you'll miss the angel, that's all. God is here, his spirit is here, and he's speaking to you, and he says to you, I love you. We're praying now, because prayer is just talking to Jesus, talking to God the Father. And he's talking to you, and he's talking to you about unanswered prayer, things that you are getting impatient about. He's not angry with you at all. He's actually wanting to encourage you this morning. And you can just bring him the unanswered prayers. You might, not, you might not even know them, which doesn't matter. But just hear him say to you that he loves you, he adores you, you are highly favored. Not because you deserve it, but because he made you. And even if you don't know him, he's really not asking your permission. He says that whether you like me or not, I'm loving you, so deal with it. I love you and I know your life, I know everything about you and I actually know what will make you smile and laugh and dance and know a joy you've never known before. And if there's a cry in your heart that you're saying, Lord, why aren't you hearing me? Lord, what are you doing? He just wants to say to you this morning, be still, trust me. Trust me this Christmas with your life, with the tattered ends of it, with the parts that don't make sense, with the parts that you're afraid of, with the things that in the future you're concerned about. Just trust me. And know that I will hear the prayers that you've prayed because I love you.
And the best way to do that is just thank him for his faithfulness. God is more able to meet you where you are than you are able to run away from him. And finally, there might be some things that you're on the edge of where you're wondering whether to allow it or do it or not. Those things where God is speaking to you about taking initiative. He wants to take initiative in your life. And you're scared of that or you're troubled like Mary. And you might not know what that initiative is. I promise you that God wants to take initiative in every single life here. And if we don't know what it is, we can just say, God, whoever you are, or Jesus, I want to grow into the next phase of what you have for me, so I give you permission to birth in me whatever it is that will bring life and honor to you. Can you open your hands before the living God and say, I'm your faithful servant. Do unto me whatever pleases you. Holy Spirit, we just pray that uh, we know that you're speaking into our hearts and spirits and we bless you for that. And we're just going to agree together as I'm going to pray Paul's prayer over us again and just ask you to receive that. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Jesus may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ Jesus for you. And to know this love experientially that surpasses knowledge that you can never wrap your head around that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God which is very full. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. As you come to communion this morning, as we break bread together, just come and say thank you for the adventure we are participating in. Hear his yes and walk into it. Amen.